Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. I'm really excited about today's episode because today I'm sharing a story from one of my clients, Andrea Gadsby, and she has diversified her business. She started off when I met her as a full-time teacher and she wanted to set up her tuition business and she wanted her tuition business to help her transition out of the classroom. And she visioned that this would take about five years. So her plan was for five years. However, She has just handed in her resignation in one year. And the way she's done it is by growing her business in different directions. So she's not just a tutor. She's also doing a lot of other things. And in this episode, we unpack how she went about her journey to give you several ideas about how you can dip your toe in the water, how you can get warmed up to explore different opportunities. And it might give you some light bulb moments about different directions you could grow your business in as well. So I hope you enjoy our discussion. And if you want to reach out to Andrea, who is developing something that's specifically for tutors who want to teach English or want to improve their practice, then reach out to her using the link in the show notes. Hi, Samantha. It's um, Andrea here. Um, And I've, gosh, I've been teaching now for 18 years. And I actually finally left the classroom just two weeks ago. So um, it's all happened rather sort of a lot quicker than I imagined. But I've been uh, teaching, obviously, for 18 years, and I'm still involved heavily in schools, as I'll explain, but I've been tutoring on and off for about 12 years. And so now um, I am a combination of a teaching and learning coach um, in schools for a growing trust in Rochdale and Bolton in North Manchester, working with a lot of uh, underserved, uh, disadvantaged um, students uh, and the teachers that we have working with them and trying to upskill teachers in terms of improving their own practice right from ECT all the way through to MPQ, so the level and, and part of how do we create this golden thread as the DFE call it so I've been sort of brought in to help that um, along the trust and also as a secondary specific teaching and learning coach and that is going to be next term focusing a lot on literacy which some people might have heard that I've done a few presentations on um, and um, I'm a big sort of fan of and believer that literacy is the gateway to a lot of success within education. So that's where I am now. And then the other part of what I do is my tuition um, business, which is um, Hope, uh, Hope Tuition Clinic. Actually, it's just changed to Hope Learning because I've just sort of altered my sort of direction a little bit, which we can talk about. But that's so hope, hopefully what I'm trying to do is to marry up what I'm doing within schools in terms of teaching and, and learning coaching for professionals, as well as doing my tuition, um, both with students and young people in schools and privately, but also helping to upskill tutors as well. And my expertise sort of within teaching and learning hopefully will bring both of those together. So that's what I'm looking towards hopefully um, in 22-23. It's so exciting because when we first met, do you know, I realized that it was just over a year ago 
that we first met. Was it? Yeah, yeah, just over a year ago, flown by. But when we met, you were working, you were working full time, but you were dropping to part time. And when we say part time, you were dropping to four days a week. And I remember you were basically talking about setting up your tuition business and your passion really was working with disengaged learners or disadvantaged people from disadvantaged backgrounds. Um, and it's it's amazing how things have really evolved. I know a lot of people who might be either leaving teaching or are, have already left and maybe they're a tutor or running an education business. They are definitely thinking about how do they diversify. And so because it's quite a long journey, would you would you tell us how you went from that stage of I'm a teacher, I want to be a tutor and I want to transition ideally tutoring to where you are now how did you go from there to present day well the the main idea is that I just had a a bit of a light bulb moment a road to Damascus moment where I was like I'm I'm done I'm done with this for a variety of reasons and it accompanied a lot of guilt but it it was it was overdue when I made that decision and a lot of it was pandemic based as a catalyst for so many changes um, as I said, I was doing a little bit of tuition anyway, on and off, but that was sort of driving to people's houses, traditionally setting up, and it was just pocket money. Whereas obviously I had to go online then, and it just kind of spiraled and grew because then I had people that I knew who wanted me to tutor them because what they were getting at school wasn't working out very well. And then when I met you last summer, that was when I was sort of in that frame of mind with thinking, I think I can take this to more than pocket money. Um, and I had worked out my bottom line. I'd really drilled down on my sort of spreadsheet of incomings and outgoings. What can I afford to do? Um, and it was on the proviso that I need to make the tuition work and have a few ideas. So obviously that's when I was got in touch with you and, ha- and looked at people like yourself who are further along the road to give me advice on on whether it's feasible, what I can do to help make that happen. And people like yourself were instrumental in in sort of me helping to start crossing that bridge properly and setting up um, Hope Tuition Clinic fully just a year ago. Um, And I didn't, I had like sort of my little sort of spreadsheet. I had my little um, list of uh, like idea of a target to try and make up just my one day a week salary that I was prepared to drop. And so that was all I needed was just to cover up my shortfall of a day a week and hopefully a little bit more. But I just doubled it throughout throughout last year. And that was still with working four days. I didn't achieve all of that by just working from half eight until five. You know, it was sometimes 12, 13, 14 hour days, depending on what I was doing. And so it's not been an easy year. I went in with my eyes open because I thought if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to work hard and teachers are no uh, stranger to that. But what was different, even though I think I'm a little bit burnt out, is the fact that I wanted to do it. And it was it was that motivation then that I had for an out. I thought, this is what I want to do now. This is the direction I'm going to try and take. So the whole idea of developing a network of, of fresh people who are all trying to do education their way. So there's a lot of open doors. Everybody's kind of got open arms in, in the tuition community, I feel. And that for me has been a bit of a game changer as well, because that's really swelled my confidence over the last year, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, it, I said earlier, it's been quite a long time, but it hasn't. I just, yeah, it's only been a year, mm-hmm. but so much has happened in that year. And, you know, you when we met, you wanted to focus on your tuition business, but you're doing something very different now. Your tuition business is only, you know, forms a component, if you like, of what you're doing. 
and you've just resigned completely from the classroom, which again, wasn't, wasn't part, I won't say part of the plan because it was part of the plan, but we never imagined it would happen quite so fast. So how did you go from, I want to set up a tuition business to actually here are some other opportunities where I can diversify what I'm doing? A lot of it was reading, was reading about this idea about how can you run a business and how can you generate different income streams and that will be the key thing that I've learned is to sort of not just go sort of hell for leather down one particular route a lot of it was networking being open-minded seeing what other people were doing how's that working for them um being a little magpie here and there thinking I really like what they're doing or a lot of it was spending time just with my ears and eyes wide open and being willing to talk to people being willing to learn from people being willing to realize that won't that won't work for me but oh really like that idea and talking to just lots of people who are either in a similar boat to me or people who are growing and uh, or people who are already ahead of where I am and I think it's just about getting out there and a lot of people are quite shy particularly when they leave teaching and reticent to do that but I think it's it's a bit like when you put your classroom face on when you go in with the kids you come someone else completely different yeah and it's that sort of almost version of myself that that I started with and when you're on things like LinkedIn and you're talking to people and I think we're, we're all like that to a certain extent we're all kind of winging it we're all kind of going in there and just sort of seeing what's going on commenting on a few things posting something and it's like the conversation you were having about your growth in your platforms it it just kind of happens and it doesn't happen overnight it's kind of it's gradual it's momentum isn't it that's exactly what you said it is and that would be one of the key things that's happened is I've just kept my eyes and ears wide open and I've not really said yes to everything it's got to have been something that has aligned with me uh, and what I value because I wasn't I didn't want to just leave teaching and jump into something else that compromised me it was it was all about something that you know got me up in the morning and, and made me think yeah I really want to do this yeah. and that's really important because we choose to run businesses you know we don't always necessarily choose to work for an employer sometimes that's kind mm-hmm. of survival but we do choose to run businesses and I think that when you do run, when you make that choice, it's important to do things on your terms and in a way that you're happy about. And it may not always be perfect. Like you talked about those 13, 14 hour days. They were your stepping stones towards getting to you still had your eye on the goal, essentially. And you knew that they were stepping stones. But something you said was really interesting. Or what I will add, actually, for anyone who's sort of thinking, yeah, I can't do a 13, 14 hour day. And it's not for everyone. It's certainly not possible for everyone. But you are also a mum. <laughs> we forgot that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no mum's two, two teenagers. You're, yeah, you've got two children um, and you're kind of on your own with that. Plus you're doing all of this. So I do really admire your tenacity and your your dedication and commitment. I can only imagine how tired and exhausted you have been, but you've been so focused on what you want to do. Something you said earlier, though, you said how especially when teachers often leave the profession or it's not even teachers really. I think anyone, they can sometimes feel a bit shy about networking, whether it's by commenting or actually, you know, in person to person networking. And I think often it's because they feel like I don't know what to say. And something you said was interesting was that the thing that helped you was absorbing. So you're not always doing it to say something you're sometimes doing it to listen and to ob- observe, essentially. And I think that's really valuable. That's certainly been 
very valuable in my business. And I think it's an important thing to consider, not just for your own growth, but also when you're thinking about things like client attraction, you know, when you're thinking about strategy, because you learn so much just from listening to people rather than deciding what you think is best for them. Yeah. And I think a huge amount about that as well is one thing I've found is bringing myself so much into, into what I'm doing and how well received that has been just in the last year within the network that I've grown. Um, and so people actually, as we know, buy, buy into people. And I think a lot of it is about whether you align with a certain person or whether that person seems authentic. And that's one thing I've always, I've always tried to be mm. is very, like you said, tenacious. I'm energetic. I'm very committed. I'm a committed educator. It's something that I'm very, still very passionate about, about doing and, and making sure that we can be the best that we can be for the students who need it the most. But I think that that's been something that I've really enjoyed is sort of finding myself and my voice as an individual within an alternative education community as opposed to being just another teacher yes yeah in the classroom and and that's grown my confidence hugely um and a lot of that has come as you said through the combination of listening watching diving in waiting getting it wrong getting it right and just going on that sort of carousel uh which you know has has been enjoyable actually in the main I know I talked about being fairly burnt out and I don't want that to sort of put people off but that is sort of the flip side of pursuing something actually you really want to do I'd rather have felt got to June and July and felt oh gosh I'm done I'm done in because I've been pursuing something I want to do and there's great things on the horizon for me next year that if you'd have said to me this time last year this is where you'll be I'd have gone no yeah. that's never gonna happen I'm on a five-year plan yeah um so whereas before I've been burnt out a few years ago it, within teaching busy busy sort of senior to middle leadership role across a couple of arms of a, of a, of a trust and I was burnt out not because it was my choice in a way no. it, was, it was down to the job that I was doing so yeah. I think there are different types of that phrase burnout and you know I'm lucky that I can take a bit of time out now and not feel so, so guilty because I've worked hard to sort of bring in the pennies to, to help me be able yeah. to do that. Well, you say it's luck, but it it is down to your hard work. You did create that situation. And I think something that I've certainly experienced is as a business owner, regardless of your background, you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about how you work. And I've definitely reached reached points of exhaustion and it's made forced me to review and improve how I work. So now, for instance, I time block. I mean, my last period of exhaustion was only about a month ago or two months ago where I just hit a wall and I thought, right, I need to review how I'm working. And it's this ongoing cycle where you evolve and you improve. You find your groove, actually, I think. You find what really works for you. You try lots of different things. And I think that's important that exhaustion doesn't have to come with the territory it can and it's okay if you get to that point because you can learn from it and change things and adapt things but also I think there's something you were saying was that there's a real true value of working and networking with other people because the beauty of our industry is that you don't just have to be with other tutors like even in the tutors mastermind where you're such a valued member, we've got people who are selling to educators, even though they're tutors, they're selling to educators. And I know you've been involved in some of those conversations, but it's the fact that we've got this common ground, but we also really understand each other's niche 
and we understand the nuances of those niches. And I think that's really important. Otherwise, it can become a very lonely place where you feel like no one really gets me. You watch YouTube videos, for example, and you're like, yeah, but that doesn't apply to me. And it could even be because someone lives in another country. And so the terminology they're using isn't relevant. So I think there is a lot of value of working with people and something you had the foresight to do very early on was to invest. I didn't. When I first joined, I thought I can do this myself. I can just learn as I go along. But I didn't recognize the value of investing in support because and that would have accelerated how fast I would have grown. And I think that, you know, your attitude has been so amazing from day one that I think that's got a lot to do with your how fast you've grown and how fast you've diversified. And well, I'd like I'd like to think so. I certainly think that the pandemic has has helped think people be able to be more reachable mm. so from a networking perspective or from a support perspective because people are online people are very comfortable doing what we're doing right now having a conversation um over zoom and it works and you can actually despite the digital barrier you actually can quite have meaningful conversations to get some meaningful support whereas before it weren't been over the phone it might have been via email and you can really get a sense of each other um, and who your network is and even though it's, you know, a diverse community, it's still quite a small one and the same names and the same people crop up and you soon get to understand each other's niche and then you get to support each other along the road with that because we're all trying to do something similar but in very different ways and that's actually really exciting when you, when we have our sort of tutors mastermind groups and we hear what each other are doing and some people are really accelerating and doing really well and other people are sort of just still hanging back and learning and it's um it's really nice and it doesn't it does make that this means that this journey as a solopreneur if you like is isn't a lonely one no uh, and I think no. that's what's really important to to continue to do is just keep being that's one of the things I want to do is keep being a voice in the community to support people particularly with a transition perhaps out of the classroom people who are great practitioners they were teachers they want to do something different um and because tuition is such a, a vast space you've got people like you and I that have been doing it for years and a, and a subject specialist down to people who are maybe trying to change phases they might yeah. want to do something slightly different and I think that you know sort of it's quite baggy in some areas and I think you know the people who might be go-to people to be able to support people. That's what I feel that I, because I'm doing it obviously still in schools as a teaching and learning coach, it's something that I really want to do from a, a moral perspective as well as, as a professional one. You know, people, you know, we've got an obligation to be as good as we can be for the people that the young people we serve. And I just love helping people get better at what they do. Yeah. And you're really good at it. And I think what's really interesting and exciting about our space as well is that things that didn't exist before are are starting to exist. So, you know, I am a secondary trained tutor, but I work with students who are in primary because they're preparing for entrance exams. Now, I had to learn it the hard way. I had to navigate this this strange world and, uh, you know, by myself. But then Ilana King has now come up with a course for entrance exam tutors who want to, you know, and if that had existed... Oh, I would have been able to do it easier and faster. And now you're also, you know, you're supporting tutors who want to maybe move to a different phase of teaching English or, you know, you're you're exploring lots of ideas around that, which I'd really love for you to talk about. 
But again, like I, I actually switched subjects. My degree is in computer science. I happen to have had some experience of teaching English. I was always really passionate about English. I'm a qualified copywriter. You know, it's definitely my heart's there. From a logical point of view, I love programming as dry as that sounds to people. But I also really love English. And I decided that's what I wanted to specialize in. Now, if someone like you had been around or had at least been on my radar, I would have invested rather than, again, doing it the hard way. So I think that it's very exciting that all these different forms of support is now cropping up that are especially for tutors. This is no longer something that gives us pocket money. This is a viable career choice. And I think, you know, things like what you're developing is such a great way of securing that for people who want to transition to being a full-time tutor or who want to change their focus. Tell us a little bit about what you're exploring to develop for tutors. Well, for tutors, I've been approached by a couple of um, English teachers and similar to yourself, I fell into teaching English because I was passionate about it and my degrees in French and politics. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting how we fall into things. But mm. again, I've spent my time leading curriculum at key stage four and five so um and being an examiner so that's kind of where a lot of my passion has been in pedagogy and being a, a, you know a solid classroom practitioner and I really like the learning aspect of of being a teacher and growing your own expertise as a practitioner and so that you were very lucky within teaching that there is a lot of scope available to do that but then when some people go into tuition that kind of um, academic support for tutors to learn to be better at what they do and some of the reasons why we structure things and the why we teach in certain ways isn't there so because also, I've done a lot, sorry, sorry to interrupt Andrea it's also the case that some people don't actually come from teaching backgrounds don't they so, I mean, some exactly. people choose to be a tutor yeah. and especially now where it is a viable career choice it's almost like they're retraining for a new profession so not everyone even comes from a teaching background and the role of teaching and tutoring is also different. So it's almost bridging that gap, but also becoming a real subject specialist in a different way. You and I both teach English at GCSE. If we worked in a school, we only need to know a handful of texts. We need to know 15 poems to teach, for example. As a tutor, we need to know 30 because we don't know which school, which exam board people are going to come from. So our knowledge needs to be different, but so does our knowledge of how to teach as a tutor so, you know, what, what you're talking about, are you thinking about bridging that gap as well? Yes, I'm, what I would like to do, because obviously it's knowing the tuition space that you're in and who you want to furnish. And obviously every tutor is different. You have to know your markets. You have to know what is your niche? What is your specialism or what do you want it to be? And then making sure that you know what that specialism wants. So what I know is that probably like yourself, the bulk of people that come to me for private tuition is GCSE. And like yourself, taught many, many exam boards, many, many texts. So I'm fortunate that I can just pick up and run from, from a bank of resources with, with anything. However, that's what I want to try and, and make other tutors better. If you've got somebody coming in, whether they are brand new to tutoring and they just want to retrain, they, they love her, they're passionate about English. That's, the, that's a great start, be passionate about your subject. Um, and then come to people who, who do know the syllabus inside out and, and, and ask them for their advice. Because a lot of people, if they're coming to tuition, they are, sorry, students, if they're coming to tuition, they've got a very specific need. They mm -hmm. want to get a four or a five or a seven or a nine, whatever it is. 
you know, and parents and students are usually quite anxious and hopeful and all these things rolled into one. So we need to make sure that tutors, we hit the ground running. We've got a, a very different role to teachers. Very. We're not there to teach them. I always say we're not um, a substitute, we're in addition. And that, that tends to be the main space that some of us are in, unless we're obviously we're home educating, which is different again. But for GCSE, it's an addition. So it's knowing, really being able to drill down quite finely into what is it that they need to know to pass their exam. Um, and that's kind of where I see the bridge coming because a lot of people are great writers. They might be like, like you saying yourself, I'm a writer, I can do this. I love my poetry, I love my Shakespeare. But obviously the hoops that people have to jump through at GCC yeah. and A-level are very precise. And so it's knowing what skills they are almost teaching the skills for the exam and then work back from that with, with yeah, tutors. So if yeah. they think, oh, well, I can use something. Oh, I, I love great expectations. I'd be like, right, great. If that's a, re- a good book that you love, then we can certainly put that into English language paper one and yeah. we can use it. And just making sure that tutors who are new to the game um, are as up to speed as possible so that they're not, as you said, feeling their way around and um, and making you know inevitable mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, something that's interesting is, and I've, I've done the same as you, I'd be really interesting, interested to hear about it, is that you very much were positioned as an English tutor. And I know that you've networked a lot, but still you're an English tutor. But now you're entering a different niche. Now, I know professionally you've had experience training and supporting other teachers, but that's very separate to I'm positioning myself and establishing myself as a business. How did you go about being known as a tutor to now transitioning to being known as someone who can also support educators. Again, it comes back down to, to networking and, and actually bef- even before that, knowing what I'm passionate about and what I'm good at professionally. So even getting sort of preparing for this podcast, I was sat there thinking, what do I enjoy? What are my professional and personal values that have driven me? Um, and what do I think I am, I am good at? And so one of those was obviously making connections with young people and adults and being good at that as part of a training, whether it be students or, or teachers and tutors. And it doesn't just, it's not a light bulb moment because sometimes, as I said, I've had such busy days in the last year that sometimes the, the direction and the why gets lost in the day-to-day working in the business rather yeah. than on the business and presumably that's what people do in the summer which I've done so much of yet but in all honesty it's just starting to get to the stage where I was networking more and more and I was starting to sort of find myself drawn to comments about the actual pedagogy or subject development sort of ideas that people were posting in forums that I joined so a lot of it is to go back to what I was saying again networking eyes and ears open yeah commenting not sort of to the point where it's exhaustive no but taking part in conversations right things that interest you and exactly interest yeah and make and reaching out to people who like uh, have organizations like for example QT Mm. um so I've become sort of the English hub leader for that Mm -hmm. and that sort of established me not only as a obviously as as a leading practitioner of English and tutor but also as somebody who can support others and that's led me to doing some presentations at the QT conferences. Um, and then that's led people to then approach me because they will have seen that I've done certain things that are very specific on, you know, teaching literacy or teaching GCSE and how you be, how you can sort of yeah. do that for success. And it's just been sort of gradual. And then I've been um, approached, which then led me to talk to you about 
making that a bit more of a solidified sort of course that people can that can come yeah, on yeah. Um, with their very specific sort of needs. So that's kind of where I am at the minute. It's just sort of gone from my values, what, what am I passionate about? What can I get involved in? And it's just sort of sprung from there, really. I, I know you didn't do this well, you did it intentionally, but not necessarily strategically. But there's a very interesting strategy that I think you've stumbled across. And that is the investment in saying yes to opportunities purely for visibility and positioning. Because if you hadn't said yes to QT, you wouldn't have got involved. Because when you said yes to QT, correct me if I'm wrong, the hubs didn't exist, did they? No. So you were part of the formation. Now, that opportunity wouldn't have existed if you hadn't had those conversations and stayed engaged, now that that opportunity existed, you've had a chance to position yourself as and reframe, if you like, how people see you as someone who can support other tutors, which then very smoothly then transitions in you starting to have those conversations. And, and then, of course, it feels very natural that why wouldn't Andrea be offering something like this? Because that's that's what she does. That's what she's known for. So I think that's really interesting for anyone who is thinking about diversifying going into another direction it's almost like you're setting the stage first before you just jump in saying this is what I'm doing and setting that stage has led to so many different opportunities related opportunities for you hasn't it definitely and I think it's as you said it's not been something strategic and then when you sort of say it like that it makes it sound like I have sort of watched and waited and learned and then dived in. But it's been intentional, hasn't it? You do say yes with intention. Sometimes it's, let me try this out and see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I've never said yes to anything I don't want to do. Um, I've always been drawn to something, as I said, what does it align with in terms of my professional or personal values? Is this going to get me excited? Um, it might be hard work, but is it going to get me excited? Is it something I know I'm good at? Is it something I know I can be you know, some uh, something that other people can learn from. Uh, so, yeah, I would say in that sense, I've always been um, deliberate. But, you know, I've always been the kind of person as well that said yes to something that she likes and then worked out how I'm going to do it later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like that. That's why I say I think some of us are winging it quite a lot. And I'm, I'm certainly, you know, no different. And it's just about being comfortable with the unknown a little bit as well yeah. and, and having faith in yourself and knowing that, something's going to happen and if you'd have asked me that last year I'd have been a little I'd have been quite wobbly about it but I've grown yeah. more and more actually fond of the fact that oh who knows what's around the corner yeah certainly embracing uncertainty I think is well it's quite crucial really to to be able to be a business owner because you can create a certain level of stability, but there's always going to be an underlying risk always. You know, when when GCSEs were cancelled and during COVID, I lost half my business in the space of two hours. And so, you know, that happens. And But I, I like how you've embraced uncertainty, but also the fact that when we did speak a year, when we met a year and a half ago, whenever it was, it was just over a year ago, you your aim was to reduce down to three days a week maybe that that was as far as as your mind could kind of go in terms of possibility but you've achieved so much more and I'm really excited to be on this journey with you I'm you know I feel quite honored that you've invited me along really and what I would love to end on is for anyone who is in the position very specifically of growing their business so they're thinking how do I shortlist what I want to do how do I decide I know that 
they they need to be passionate about what they do but sometimes it also has to make it has to be coupled with making good business sense Mm -hmm. so we're going to finish on a three stars and a wish style kind of thing what are three bits of advice that you would say definitely do this really quick bits of advice and then one thing that is don't do that I made that mistake don't do it once you've worked out what am I passionate about what do I enjoy about what I do already what you know what can I do that can take that forward for me it was always about helping those children who need it the most being the best that I can be for those who need it the most but also my other side was being a a teacher tutor trainer so once I'd figured sort of that out then it was okay well what do I do next how do I make that work and how do I grow that and that would have been um coming to network people like yourselves that that who were already I would say follow admire learn from you don't actually have to make that leap yet but you can put you can lay the groundwork where you can contact people and as I said the network's so open we're not you know all as successful and as with it as we think as I said a lot of us are winging it so just drop us a line and say right I'm thinking about doing this well did you start how what would you suggest that I do or just commenting and asking us oh how do you plan this or how do you manage your time with that and I think that would be a, a really good way of networking. You were instrumental in giving me that leg up oh. as, you know, a couple of other people as well. But you were sort of sat there and went, right, if you're going to set up a business, you clearly know what you're doing with your teaching, but try this, 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 and this to make sure that you get things a little bit more automated or streamlined, which is where you're fantastic because you not only do you know how to do it um, as from a business perspective, but you know how to do it for a very specific education business, which is so important. It's just really, really, things like that really, really help once I'd got started because a lot of people can get started and so many of us do and then we get lost (laughs) in what we're doing. So I think coming up for air, networking, seeking advice from people, spending actually money on the right people to do the right, to help you with the right things, I think is invaluable. Third thing that I would suggest that people do is just read and research it's interesting that you're saying that because some, something I spoke about in uh, last week's episode was this concept of creating a world for your business, but actually creating a world for yourself is quite important. Immerse yourself in the market that you're either looking to enter. So you've only just really started exploring helping other educators, but you've been immersed in that world for quite a long time already. And I think when you understand that space, it really helps you enter it and it helps you build relationships that helps you say, I'm launching this and people are really receptive to it. So I just I just wanted to expand on that slightly because I think that's a really valuable way of approaching growing your business. And really quickly, what's what's one thing that you would say to people to avoid or just not to do? I'd say be patient. You know, the very fact that I've managed to leave the classroom in a year wasn't something that I thought I would do. I'm still heavily involved in school, in schools with my with my coaching job. But I would say be patient. If you've got an out, if you've got an out direction and there's somewhere that you want to go, that will carry you. I had a five-year plan. I had a sort of like budgets that were my rock bottom budgets. And so that when you smash those, it's great and you can think again. But definitely have an have a plan because if you don't, which I really didn't at the beginning, I could have probably got going a lot sooner had I had a plan. I think I thought about this on and off, if I'm honest, for probably about seven or eight years. 
So that would be the thing. Just take it, have a go and try and get going as soon as you feel that you are capable of doing rather than yeah. going, mm, I'm not sure. But just- also to start having conversations because yeah. by having conversations, you're not committing to anything. If you have a conversation with, I don't know, a business coach or someone who's already a tutor or you join some Facebook groups, that's not the same as you handing in your resignation. Absolutely not. I've done all this on a shoestring this year. I've done yeah. it on a shoestring. Yeah. Me, my laptop, a desk. Yeah. And yeah. it can it can be done. And only now... I've got an accountant on board and I'm doing grown up things. Am I saying, he's going, yes, go and buy yourself a proper PC, go and get yourself some (laughs) office furniture and do it, you know, and do it properly. So we're very lucky that you can, you can dip your toe in with very little risk. It's true. And there are a lot of people who are there ready to answer questions, to support and to just start having those conversations So thank you so much, Andrea. You've shared so much and I love how your passion comes through. A huge congratulations on the fact that you have exceeded your goals and your own expectations. It's really nice to see how you have, your confidence has grown. You know, from when we first met, you have got so much more confidence. If I'd invited you onto the podcast a year ago when the podcast didn't exist, but let's imagine it did. You know, I mean, that's uh, we're on video at the moment and Andrea's eyes just went really wide. That's what would have happened. <laughs> Whereas, you know, you didn't even hesitate. Uh, you came back from holiday last night. You're going away tomorrow and you're like, yep, I'll do a quick podcast recording. You've got so much confidence because you've gone out there and you've you've practiced. You've practiced speaking to people. You've practiced talking about your passions and that that it's all about practice isn't it it's all about gaining that momentum through just doing it yeah and I often say as a single parent with two kids and a dog if I can do it anybody can do it (laughs) as long as you've got a glass of wine in your hand at the end of the day and a smile on your face it can be done and I think I've certainly got more of a smile on my face since taking this path than previously so yeah yeah enjoying it I'm enjoying the journey Yeah, and I'm enjoying being part of it with you. Thank you so much, Andrea. It's been lovely to have you on. You've been so generous. It's all right. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas you can tailor to your education business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes or visit www.upgradeyoureducationbusiness.com.